Everything in progress. <laughs> Hello, Robert Rob. Robert Rob. Hello, Robert Robot Rob. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. I got nothing to go with Sarah. It's pretty boring. Boarding? Boarding? Boring. Well, we're 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 starting well, aren't we? Let's put our teeth back in. Hello. Have you had a lovely week or two weeks? You've still been a bit poorly, haven't you? I have. I'm still poorly now. I can't hear out of one ear. <laughs> So I can't hear out of one ear and I, I probably sound a little bit, we call it bungled in our household, bunged up, but we call it bungled. Bungled. Very that rainbow. reminds, that reminds rainbow. me. Yeah, that reminds you of rainbow when you say that. <laughs> I'm bungled today, Jeffrey. Um, anyway, we talking showing about our rain. age. Well, no, we were talking about rainbow in the office only a couple of days ago. There you go. <laughs> Very odd when you see playbacks of it, I have to say. Things they got away with in those days. I know. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just said to you, I don't I don't think I've seen I don't think I've got much to report when it comes to TV. Trying to find the Mandalorian to watch. Can't find it yet because I haven't got Disney. Uh, uh, yeah, it's I good to watch two episodes. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Apart from that. No, nothing particularly new. Still still going mm. through Narcos. So it's only probably, yeah, the two films that we're reviewing that I think I've seen recently. Yeah, actually, one I think I didn't report on last time was um, when I was ill, like really ill, had flu and everything. Uh, my son had the flu too, so we ended up watching Maze Runner, the whole series, back to back, and really enjoyed that. They're on Disney Plus right now, and if you haven't seen it already, they're, they're really worth watching, especially the first The first one is, and I would say probably in the middle it's not as good, but the first and last ones are, 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 are good, but watch the whole series where boys are monthly taken and lifted to this land where they uh, need to try and survive and work out how to get through this maze is the first part, and uh, one of the boys called Thomas is taken um, there, and however, he seems to have flashbacks now and then and also there's this girl that arrives and more flashbacks happen and Thomas becomes a leader and a runner through the maze and you know other episodes you you get to see you know survival how they survive and there's these zombie weevils how they get past these as well so maze runner is great if you haven't read the books or haven't seen the film it's worth watching definitely and then ted lasso i have i'm a bit late to the party but ted lasso is such a great series it's on apple plus right now and it's so well written it really is it's about a female manager of a football club wanting to get back at her ex-husband who used to own the club and she wants it to fail because she wants to really get back at him and he loves the club um, as well Uh, she hires a winning American football coach to coach her Richmond AFC soccer club and um, thinks he doesn't know anything about football and is completely going to fail however he's such a nice guy he bakes shortbread for her every day and he just tries to bring the team together and starts to see the difference as well I'm through the first series. I'm now in the second series, but I know the third series is out now or about to come out now. So, yeah, one to watch, Ted Lasso. I might revisit that because when it first came out and there was all the noise about it, I watched the first episode, maybe some of the second. Yeah, and I did. I just I kind of left it. And I didn't go back to it. And maybe I funny. should. It's funny. Really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I? I actually forgot to mention, or maybe this will lead us on to very quickly our little roundup of the Oscars based mm-hmm. on our predictions. This wasn't one of our predictions, but best animated feature went to Guillermo del Toro's 
Pinocchio. And I forgot that was a film that I watched before our last podcast and I just forgot to mention it. And what a delight that was. I I mean, I can't believe I forgot about it because it was a fantastic film. I watched it with my youngest. It's just, just delightful. The usual... The usual way Guillermo del Toro kind of takes a traditional fairy tale or the themes of I mean, Pinocchio and adds that kind of elements that make it slightly more interesting for grown-ups, slightly dark here and there, but, you know, nothing serious. The, the voice cast on it um, is incredible. You've got Ewan McGregor, John Tuturo, Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, Christopher Waltz, Ron Perlman, but I would definitely recommend recommend it if you've got kids. Yeah, and I, I I don't know what it's out on. I'm not sure if it's out on Disney Plus. But anyway, check it out if you get a chance once it is available on streaming, which I, I presume it probably will be soon, if not already. Yeah, and 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 don't forget also the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse also won the short animation as well, which was out at Christmas time. I'm sure, no doubt, is on uh, BBC iPlayer or something like that. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, that was it. Was nice to see them get an award also. But Pinocchio, I've not seen. I've not seen that. I, I've, I'm not sure whether I'll get on with the animation. Is it? It's not the normal standard animation, is it? It's slightly. It is stop motion, but it's not. It, yeah. it's, it's. I think it's a combination of that with more digital animation on top. But there was two Pinocchio films that came out in relatively quick succession. So there's a possibility people have maybe have seen a trailer in the last like you know six months. It might have been the other another Pinocchio that was made, which was also an animation. No, I, the, the animation didn't put me off. What, say, just just, what, just watch the trailer and see, see what yeah. you think. Is it very much like, have you seen the box trolls? Is it a bit like that? It's a little bit like that. But like I say, from yeah. memory, I mean, it was like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. It's, it's slightly more kind of glossy. Okay, anyway, cool. check it out. So yeah. I'm going to quickly run through the Oscar categories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... As we thought, critics loved everything, everywhere, all at once, which swept up. So, best picture. Rob went for everything, everywhere, all at once. Sarah went for everything, everywhere, all at once. The winner was <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Okay, surprise, surprise. Okay, so we move on to best actor in a male lead. Rob went for... I dislike saying, you know, my name in third person. Uh, Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Sarah went for... Brendan Fraser, the whale. The winner was Brendan Fraser, the whale. Yay! Okay. <laughs> and we, then it goes horribly wrong after that. It is now. It's just that you say that. I thought I'd start strong. Okay. Yeah. So their best actor in a female lead. I went for Michelle Yeo, Yeo, isn't it? Everything, everywhere at once. You went for Anna D- Armas Blonde. Winner was Michelle Yeo, everything, everywhere, all at once. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, I picked that kind of on the assumption that the film probably was going to clean up. Yeah. Um, and then this is where it all goes a bit south. Uh, so best supporting actor, we have myself and you going for Barry Kuhn for The Banshees of Inishirin. And the winner was Kiyun Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. It did give us that cool moment with Harrison Ford, didn't it? The whole kind of throwback to... The Temple of Doom, which is when Kiyun Kwan first kind of came onto our screen. So that that was pretty amazing, I must admit. I think it is a shame that uh, perhaps Kian didn't win, but he did win a BAFTA. And, you know, he's about to play the Joker, isn't he, again in 
Robert Pattinson, yeah. uh, yeah. Batman, and I've looked at what Barakian's coming up. He's, I think he's, I think from memory when I had a look, he's in a Scorsese film. Come, I mean, he's he's going to be. He's rising star, isn't he? He's absolutely. He's he's actually he's actually in his thirties. He looks younger, doesn't he? And the fact that he was playing quite a young man in um, the Banshees of in, in a as well. So, I I think I may have implied when we talked about the film briefly that. You know, it's a bit of a breakout role, but looking at his catalogue, I mean, obviously he's now big, 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 but mm. he has been around for quite a while. I remember yeah. watching yeah. a really good film called American Animals. He's been in quite a lot. So, yeah. like you say, he's he's not quite the youngster he looks. But anyway, he's going to be huge. And the last category was Best Supporting Actress. I went for Stephanie Hisu, Everything, yeah. Everywhere, All at Once. You went for Hong Chow, The Whale. And the winner was Jamie Lee Curtis. Everything, yes. everywhere, all at once. Do you, do you know what I really liked about the Oscars? And, and I watched the whole thing. And I actually condensed four hours worth of Oscars into about two and a half hours. I sort of skipped the ads and everything like that. Maybe skipped a little bit of the, the singing when they had that on as well. But, um, yeah, I narrowed it down to about two and a half hours from from what was broadcast on, on Sky. And um, what I really like is that Brendan Fraser... Ki Yun Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis, all never won an Oscar before. All have struggled, I would say, at some some time in their lifetime with getting work. I would say as well, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis less or so. But but also, what I liked is that is that uh, Michelle Yao and Jamie Lee Curtis are older, slightly older women, and they're picking up these Oscars as well. And you can't you won't believe it. Michelle Yao is, I think she's about sixty. She didn't look it. She looks very good for age. She's younger than me, I think. So um, good on them. I think it's it's nice to have those that have been in the industry for quite a while to pick up something that they deserve. So so good on them. No, totally agree. Right. Brings me on to my quiz. Should Ooh. we go on to the quiz? Yeah? Yeah, I love the quiz. Can you guess what it's going to be on? Well, no. everything, I don't know, the Oscars? <laughs> yes, or, oh, everything. Surprise. Okay. everything. Please don't say, is it actually on that was. film? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, no, not on the film necessarily. Oh, okay. connections, right. connections. So, everything, everywhere, all at once, best supporting actor, actress, best actress, best film, editing, and director roles, and more as well. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to focus on that. So, firstly, how many Oscars was everything, everywhere, all at once nominated for? Nominated. I don't know why, but I want to say, I want to say eleven. But that I, I don't know. I'm saying eleven. That is correct. Ding. Well done. Wow. It, it's out on the second best supporting actress, which you mentioned, Stephanie Azu, and and best costume, best original song, best music, and they won seven awards in total, which is amazing. Then Jamie Lee Curtis, round two. Ding ding. Jamie Lee Curtis won best supporting actress for this film. Uh, she has won a. After for Best Supporting Actress before in 1983 for which film? What did she star in 1983? Oh, is it A Fish Called Wanda? Okay, okay, maybe it's not. I'm thinking Fish Called Wanda. What? What? When? When they get when? 1983. I oh, know. I think. I think that was later. Um, this this is where I struggle to remember like what her big films were of that time. She was in True. I remember being in True Lies with Schwarzenegger, but that would have been later. Oh, hang on. I mean, she wouldn't have got it for Friday the Thirteenth, was she? Whatever it's called, or Hall- it's Halloween, isn't it? She wouldn't have got it for Halloween. 
So Fish Called Wonder was in 1988. Mm. She did this one before. And it's probably the first film that I saw her in, actually, uh, as I was growing up. It's got Eddie Murphy in it. Oh, it's Trading Places. It's Trading Places. Oh. She, she won Best Supporting Actress for Trading Places. But no Oscars. I wondered whether she won an Oscar before, but that was her first Oscar. That she won. Uh, that was a week. good. That's a good question. Oh. Like that. And do you know what? I forgot to write the answer down, so I just had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote these two. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. James Hong, aged ninety-two now, played Mister Ping in which cute and cuddly film from DreamWorks? So James Hong played. I think it was her, her father, wasn't it? In uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So he played Mr. Ping in which cute and cuddly film from DreamWorks. Can you give me the date of the film? Animation. Think animation, obviously, Mr. Ping. Mr. Ping. Oh, right. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know who, I don't know what Mr. Ping is. I'm guessing it's a toy. So I was just going to say Toy Story. No, Dream, well, that's DreamWorks. that's Pixar anyway, isn't it? Yeah, Dream, DreamWorks. Uh, DreamWorks. I think Mr. Ping, sort of, um, what characters do you, you know, Chinese characters dreamworks cartoon or animation kung fu panda i don't know yes oh, kung okay. fu panda right. well i mean i didn't get that that's that's too okay but fair enough okay Hyung huang uh, and sean austin have starred in two films together one where Hyung huang played a character called data in 1985 and the other with brendan fraser who also won the Oscar this year, and Brendan was a caveman. So which two films are they? Oh, my God. So the first one was... Sean Austin. What films have Sean Austin been in, maybe? Is Sean Austin that guy from Lord of the Rings? Yes, but he played... He he was a child actor as well. Oh, right. Wasn't he in The Goonies? Oh yeah, okay. so, that so, that, so so Goonies is one because that's right. Yep. That's the other big film with Keith. And we yeah, and the other one was with Brendan Fraser and Sean. Yeah, Austin. I know the film. I can see the poster, and I know he's a cat. He's a bloody what's it? Called? Oh, he nearly said it. He nearly said it there. It's Cave. a caveman. Yeah, but he he's it's called something man. <laughs> is it prehistoric man? No, is it? Oh, um, <laughs> it's. It's not caveman, and it's is it is. Uh, I mean, I, I, I no, I don't know. I mean, I do. I don't know. Come on, time up. California, Cali- oh, California man. Of course, is California man. Last question. Half a Michelle point. Yao has been in Marvel movie. Can you name the film? She's been in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It was that thing that we watched that all got crashy bangy at the end. Am I right? Isn't it? Was it? Wasn't this that? <sighs> Oh, what was it called? She was the sister of yeah. the lead character's mother. Yeah, I mean, I, no? I mean, no, I mean, I know the film. It was called <laughs> Xing Hui. Something it had then it had a name, or it was. I'm not going to get it. What is it? Shang Chi. <laughs> Damn it! You did pretty well, though. I mean, to be I, honest, the no, weren't easy. They were there. They were in the noggin. I just couldn't. I just couldn't get them out. Yeah, uh, well, well, I enjoyed well. that one. That was a good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Links to everything, everywhere, all at once. Like there you it. go. Great. Quiz. Shall we go into the movies we've been watching? And so it's Rise of the Planet of the Apes and sixty five. Should we go with the oldie first? We can do. Yep, it was your movie. 
Rise of the Planet of the Apes, 2011. Uh, okay, so this was directed by Rupert Wyatt, and it starred James Franco, Andy Serkis, Frida Pinto, Brian Cox. Tom Felton pops up if he's a star. I'm not sure. Anyway, this was first of the three-part trilogy, which goes with Dawn of the Apes, which was the second film in War of the Planet of the Apes. The first one, as I say, directed by Rupert White. Interestingly, the second two were directed by Matt Reeves. Same writing team, known, of course, for Andy Serkis's motion capture portrayal of a ape called Caesar. And this was eight years after playing Gollum. Eight years after playing Gollum, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So it's action drama, science fiction, tells the story of Will Rodman, played by James Franco, a scientist who's working on a cure for Alzheimer's, which his father Charles is suffering from. He develops a new drug called ALZ112 that can regenerate brain cells. And he's testing this on chimpanzees in his lab. One of the chimps gets very protective over her baby and kind of runs riot smashes through the lab into like this board meeting and causes chaos, which kind of pretty much puts an end to this whole research project that Will's running. But the baby chimp of that mother called Caesar shows this remarkable intelligence that's as a result of the drug that he's obviously inherited from his mother. And he basically becomes Will's pet. The whole lab shut down. He takes the chimp home meanwhile whilst caesar is becoming this household pet which is doing wonders for his father as well because his father's now got this kind of companion will meets this primatologist called carolina rana played by frida pinto and there's this instant chemistry get this amusing gesturing from caesar it sets up a date and they end up together so they're kind of a couple years pass Everyone's in this lovely domestic bliss situation at the home. Caesar, who's now grown up, a few years older, he lives in this specially converted loft. He's growing in size and intelligence. And Will's father, as I mentioned, has grown very, very attached with him. And during this time, Will actually decides to test the same drug on his father, which temporarily works and kind of changes his life. But as I say, it is temporary and it does kind of fade. One day, his father wanders out of the house and decides to try and drive the car, which is parts the side of the road with two cars front and back, and he just crashes into the cars. Quite a horrible thing to see because he's obviously suffering from Alzheimer's. And Caesar sees this from the loft, and one of the neighbours confronts Will's father, and he's arguing with him and gesturing with him because it was his car, and there was obviously damage. So Caesar races out of the house and basically attacks the neighbour. As a result, Will's forced to take Caesar away to this primate sanctuary. There he kind of quickly realises he's he's not like any of the other apes because obviously he's got this incredibly heightened intelligence. He's more intelligent, more curious. He's he's also quite empathetic to, to a lot of the kind of fellow primates there. He befriends this big orangutan named Morris and he learns to communicate you know, through sign language. He also experiences abuse from the caretakers at this primate center, which is kind of run by a character played by Brian Cox and this sadistic son, ape handler played by Tom Felton. And Caesar's anger basically builds and builds and he just eventually lashes out and manages to escape the facility. Once he's free, 
he goes and gets the drug back from the home and actually uses it on himself and the other apes in the sanctuary, kind of goes back and stages this mass kind of breakout rebellion, if you like. And, and they, they just start roaming the city. And so, you know, it's up to the police and Will to, to try and stop him. That's pretty much it. And yeah, I mean, I, I this was on my list. I was really curious to see what I thought of it second time around. So I didn't see this at the cinema. I did see it when it came out on the small screen. And it was Andy Serkis' performance as Caesar and how incredibly lifelike, the, you know, the chimpanzee, the ape is in this. I, I remember kind of being blown away by that and also blown away by this just really kind of curious way in which Caesar almost be- becomes overly human thanks to this drug and how that all manifests in his behavior. I was never, ever interested in any of the previous Planet of the Apes films. But yeah, I, I remember being really bowled over by that. So yeah, I was interested to see whether it held up, whether I watched it this time, whether I still have that same impact. Anyway, over to you, Sarah. What do you think? Yeah, so I watched this at the cinema the first time round, and I was actually quite gripped the second time watching it on on um, my home TV. The only thing I found a little bit odd was Will Rodman's, the person that was playing it, James Franco. I think he should have been slightly older for some reason, is because he's quite experienced and just seemed to know how to care for an ape like a like a child quite instantly. And, and as a young man, I found that a bit odd coming from James Franco. And also I remember James Franco, he is 33 in this film, so he's not that young actually when you think about it. But He looks he young though. Very young. He looks very young. And I just remember him playing sort of goofy roles with Seth Rogen and being a bit more sort of the, the new Goblin and and, and uh, Parry Osborne from the Spider-Man series with Tobey Maguire in, for example. So I struggled at first to take him seriously. And I can't remember whether those come after. No, they must be before this film, obviously. But some of the lines I thought could sit well with Tom Cruise, potentially I could see him being in this role. So so that's the only thing that I, I found a bit odd. But the special effects were, I would, I'm going to say mostly good. I think back in the day, they were like, wow, this is amazing. And it got nominated for an Oscar and BAFTA for visual effects back in uh, 2011. I did find it odd how human-like the apes were on occasions. And I'm thinking, you know, would that really happen? And could could they be really that disruptive if that could happen? I guess a lot of things was like what ifs were going on in my mind as I was watching this film. I guess they could, this could actually happen actually when you think about it. But I have to say this, the second series, I mean, they're all been really well played. Andy Circus played really well and know some of the technology behind it now, a bit like where you see, you know, Avatar, uh, they're using similar technology, but I guess this was probably the first time apart from uh, the, Lord of the Rings trilogy, probably the first time that you had seen this kind of technology used. Would you say that? Well, you're absolutely spot on because um, the visual effects company were a company called well, well, Weta Digital, kind of well known, and they were also responsible, as you say, for the Lord of the Rings trilogy and Avatar. So it's not surprising, right? Got your Avatar as well, and this is the second series that Andy Serkis has done with this company as well. So, yeah, groundbreaking technology at the time, I think, and it is groundbreaking now i think they're just improving it tweaking it as you know more and more i really liked it i, I thought it was well written by rick jaffa and his, and his partner amanda silver who have written a few films together including jurassic world 
in uh, 2014. That came after, obviously, Mulan in 2020. And um, they've also done, as you said, Avatar, The Way of Water for James Cameron as well. They've, they've been involved with that and working with the same supplier that did their special effects, as you just said. <laughs> I was curious to see what the Planet of the Apes was like in 1968. So I, I actually watched straight after this film. I watched, <laughs> I, I had nothing to do. I was chilling out. It was my Saturday. I watched Charlton Heston's Planet of the Apes <laughs> after me. And I was, you know, just really curious. I, this one won Best Makeup at the Oscars. And I was surprised that Rise of the Planet of the Apes didn't really win anything because it definitely the technology had um, and had come a long, long way. I can see it was quite very different. And you can see in the 60s how that could have won Best Makeup. But you can see the sort of cracks in that now, to be honest, as, as it's got older, that film has got old. But when you think about it, that's like, this was made, oh, <laughs> thank you. It's Mother's Day and I've been offered a cupcake. Oh, so that's very true. My, little, my littlest boy's just come in. Thank you. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt there. <laughs> so I won't be able to eat it right now because it'll stop me um, from saying anything and my voice is going, as you can hear already. But yeah, what was really interesting about watching that, the latter one, well, the one in 1968, is that it started with astronauts crash landing on a planet. Sounds very familiar to like the new film we're about to watch as well. <laughs> I was just like, where did they get that from? However, they are projected into the future, not the past. They're projected into 3978. I didn't even know how to say that as a, as a year. 3978 <laughs> AD. And then it was complete role reversal. The humans had become less intelligent and more animal-like and, and more caveman-like, and the apes were super intelligent and human-like. I was just like, I thought it was really odd. And then they couldn't understand how a human could speak, and half the film was about them really exploring the surroundings, which I guess was on Utah, where they shot, shot this, to be honest. So it was very slow-paced. So I, I did like The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and it cost $93 million to make, and it got a worldwide grace in the first year of $481 million, which... When you think that's not bad, but it's not on the scale of a Marvel film, to be honest, which, you know, gets into the now into the billions in the first year. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought I just I just thought if maybe there was a mismatch there with the with uh, Will Rodman. It was nice to see the leading lady of this film in Slumdog Millionaire. And not really seen her in much recently, to be honest. So that was good. Um, John Lithgow, but I didn't even know, I couldn't even remember him being in this film, but lovely to see him in this also. So all around, I was gripped. I thought the tech was pretty good, really, but there were some, I don't know, what did you think? Was it me being very judgmental here? There was occasions where I just wasn't sure, you know, like, oh, that's too human-like. It was a bit weird. Yeah, I I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah. By the way, I did. By the way, I forgot to mention. Yeah, you're right. So John Lithgow, he played Will's father. I I agree with you with the motion capture effects. It's still amazing and it is impactful. And I, so I don't think it's kind of like it, it's not when you watch a film and in like a special effects have kind of you know moved on and it and it sticks like out. Terminator. Like Terminator. Sort of, no, like, yeah, yeah, or maybe parts of that. <laughs> but you're right. You almost feel that since this, they've just refined it and refined it and refined mm. it. So today it's just more amazing, but it's yeah, still, exactly. it still holds up. I totally agree with you about um, James Franco and, and Will Rodman. It's almost like I thought the ape 
storyline, if you like, just what was going mm. on with Caesar. You know, if you almost, if you kind of take out the human characters, if you like, I thought that was fantastic. And then I saw, I think I kind of felt that the characters around it were just a bit kind of run of the mill. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you're right. James Franco doesn't come across to me in this role as a this renowned scientist. I mean, maybe he's like, you know, maybe it's just like some young renowned, but he didn't, I didn't really buy that role. I didn't really buy that. So yeah, I totally agree with that. There was one particular part of this film, which if no one's seen it, I won't say what it is, but during this part of the film where Caesar gets, you know, it's almost all this pent up anger of him having to, you know, being basically wretched, you know, moved away from his family into this place with all these other apes, which is just a situation he's never really been in before and being abused by the people who run it. And then he, he also gets beaten up by the apes, of course, because he's an outsider. He comes in and they're all very territorial. Yeah. And there's an alpha male already in place, if you like, and he has to deal with that. All this anger that builds up, it's almost like he knows he's more intelligent, you know, and once he re- it's almost like he has this light bulb moment that he realizes, hang on, I, I know, I actually, I do know how, how to succeed in here, but, but by doing so, he's almost leaving behind the past and, and he's, he's moving into a completely different stage of his life, which almost means those, you know, those kind of happy period living in a house, you know, as a pet, he has to leave behind and he really just turns into this a leader basically and yeah there's a moment all this aggression builds up as he's a, as he's in front of all of these uh apes and something happens yeah. which i remember the first time i watched it just completely i thought that was a wow moment because i didn't really see it coming that particular part didn't kind of stand up so much it's weird i'm sorry mm-hmm. i'm not really i can't mention what this is but if you watch it i think people will know so on the whole could I give it a score? Can we go straight on to scores? Yeah, you go score. You score it first. That's um, fine. I, I think I'm going to give it, still going to give it eight. But like I say, that's probably more to do with the, the whole ape stuff and what it, what it really did, I think, for cinema, pushed on this whole motion capture stuff. I think, yeah, I think I agree with it. Actually, one actor we haven't mentioned is Tom Felton. Seeing him in this after being in the Harry Potter series as well is, and he played a very similar role to what he's like in Harry Potter as well. I like to see him in a different type of role, really. Um, I've written down nine out of ten actually for this because I really enjoyed it, and it was yeah, you're right. I think technology had come after Lord of the Rings. It, it yeah, it was nice to see Andy Serkis doing the next step, what he was going to do next. And then seeing that series, I think it was the, probably the better one out of all the, the series of the Planet of the Ape series. And just looking back at the the former one in 1968, this was leaps and bounds, so much more engaging than it was in those days. But uh, yeah, um, nine out of ten. And actually, what's really interesting is that if you go to IMDb, you will see that the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes has actually scored higher and rise of the planet of the apes than one we've just reviewed so i wouldn't agree with that necessarily but uh, maybe there's some some people that like a good old movie and like to see where you know where all this came from really well maybe also for its time exactly it, it was yeah. still kind of like yeah, groundbreaking yeah. so i liked it i really liked it nine out of ten amazing i actually went to sorry complete aside here but i went to chessington world of adventures yesterday <laughs> with my children and when we walked through the ape enclosure it was only like a week after I'd seen, seen this <laughs> film. I couldn't, I couldn't help like really studying their faces and what mm. they were doing. I don't know. It just gave me just I some love, 
Yeah, there's a place that we go to as our family called, called Howlett's. And I love watching the gorillas when you eat. Oh, if they're, they're there, awesome. they're not, they're just, they're just so, they are saying that they're, they're very human like in the t- technology. They are quite human like oh, in what they it's do. Phenomenal. phenomenal. And I'm just like, I just love saying, but um, one, one day um, I was with my, my sister in law and she's got blonde hair and this gorilla was blowing kisses at her. It was so much like um, King Kong. It was unbelievable. But, yeah, she kept following her around, blowing kisses. It's just because she's got this blonde hair. Well, I think may- maybe that's, like, one of the reasons that this the movie, you know, the circus performance, except, well, basically the story of humans becoming intelligent and being more human. Because it, it, it doesn't matter how old you are, because our children were saying it. They were saying, God, they look so human. And even though you know that, every time you go and see apes close up, like at a zoo, it's it's still unbelievably wow. Mm. It is incredible, and I suppose what if they just became a bit more intelligent? Then I thought you said, <laughs> could that really happen? <laughs> okay, anyway, anyway, let's move on. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anyway, we move on to sixty-five. Uh, this is written by the creators of the of the Quiet Place or the writers of the Quiet Place. We've got uh, Scott Beck and, and Brian Woods. And the main star of this is actually, when you look at IMDb, there's only four actors that are listed. And Adam Driver is the main actor, I would say, the one that's more recognisable from that list. And Adam Driver, obviously, you probably recognise him from the Star Wars series, as well as, oh, what was his, what was his name in the Star Wars series? Mr. Kylo Ren, I believe. Kylo Ren, Yes. So um, I should put that as a as a pop quiz there as well. <laughs> anyway, um, it's out in cinemas right now. I went to watch it with my teenage son. He found it jumpy in places, he said, but he really enjoyed it. So that was a big tick, considering we only watched the week before Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think this is better than the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, so we're starting off well as it, as it is anyway. It's about an astronaut who has a sick child, unfortunately, and um, he's also been taken off to go on a mission uh, for work. So he leaves his family behind, knowing actually that he'll never see his child again. However, he can get reports on his family sent to the spaceship, which keeps him going through his journey where he lands. Because partway through transporting a people to this location that he's heading towards, he gets hit by a meteor and falls to Earth 65 million years ago. So... That's the premise of film. I don't think I need to say much more than that, really. But it's all about survival techniques. And what was 65 million years ago? The dinosaurs, of course. So we have a bit of Jurassic Parkness kicking in here, um, I would say. But it's good fun. I think my son was right. It's a little bit jumpy in places, but uh, certainly not too much. for. And it's a 12A as well. So I'm going to hand it back to you, Rob. What did you think of the film? I thought it was good. You can see Quiet Place in it. Definitely, in so much as you basically got this kind of almost father and daughter roaming this tundra-like place in survival mode. And interestingly, in A Quiet Place, the main character's daughter was deaf. And in this film, you've got Adam Driver, who when he crash lands, he comes across this girl called Koa. Koa is from South from South America, so you know he doesn't know the dialect. So they're completely different people, and they're in this survival mode, you know, walking through, as I say, the, this kind of like uh, prehistoric landscape. 
And of course, you've got the dinosaurs there. And so you get these moments of jeopardy, but you know, all these different dinner, you know, very much like out of Jurassic Park, but also quite similar to Quiet Place, in so much as there are these kind of creatures. Um, I, I very quickly just got quite into it. I do tend to like films if they're done well, that where the storyline's quite simple, in so much as it's just these two people, they've got a goal to, to try and track down the main ship from which they were split up from in order to get off the planet. And they know roughly where it is. You know, they've got he's got some technology and weaponry on him, and they've got all this jeopardy of of dinosaurs. Um, and it's just two characters. And I like that. I like the simplicity of it. It wasn't like dialogue heavy, obviously. And I like the whole kind of the fact that Mills has left his daughter at home. And like you say, he looks at these video messages and she becomes like a daughter for him and brings that to the fore. And, and, I, and I have to say simple themes, but they work. And there was only a couple of things for me that bugged me was that the way in which for me it kind of ended I'm not going to say how it ends was was a little bit underwhelming in so much there wasn't quite any huge surprise in terms of yeah what what the kind of final chapter is if you like or it kind of made sense that it finished that way and perhaps I should have known it was going to finish that way but for me I wanted a bit more of a surprise there maybe and the other thing for me was and this is only something I really thought about when I left the cinema and I thought a bit more was the <laughs> like the, the concept, the actual main concept of this, we start on this planet somewhere, wherever this planet is. We, yeah. we, don't, we don't know. It just so happens that on this planet, there are human, human like people like humans, because it's Adam driver talking English. It's like, okay. So first of all, and not, this is beyond the realms of possibility, obviously, but first of all, we've got to start by believing there's a planet somewhere else out there that's just like us. We're just like the same people on it. And then when they crash, the fact that it just so happens that they've crashed on this planet and the planet te- just turns out to be Earth at <laughs> exactly the time when the dinosaurs there, at exactly the time that the dinosaurs are approaching a pretty decisive point in in that whole kind of chapter, which is the backdrop to this film. It's almost like if someone comes in and just puts that concept on the table, I can understand why someone thinks, oh, yeah, no one's really done that before. It's got a bit of this, a bit of that. And, yeah, it's a bit too good to be, yeah, it's a bit far-fetched, but let's just go (laughs) with it. And I think because all that, although it was Mm. a very neat concept, because the way the actual film was put together with the two characters and the main storyline felt quite kind of grown up and not silly. But then I, it kind of was at odds with what I thought was actually a pretty silly concept that was actually really quite flawed. So it was only those two bits that thinking too much about the main concept and how it actually came about. What was that just a bit daft? Maybe not. I don't know. And yeah, I would like the ending to give me a bit more than it did, but you asked me what I thought of it. Mm. I'd say it was good. And it was not without flaws, but a good solid film. Yeah. And it's about an hour and I think it was an hour and 33 minutes long or something like that. So it's it's fairly short and sweet, really. 
And uh, I was just looking up how much it's made, and really you can see Ant-Man and the Wasp is, is taking over at the moment because you're getting um, worldwide gross at the moment for Ant-Man and the Wasp, 400-odd million, and then you've got, for this film, 38 million. Uh, however, you know, it's it opened a week later, I believe, a week And also, later. it's almost like you have to take everything with a pinch of salt if you're comparing yeah, Marvel, any film to Marvel because mm-hmm. Marvel just puts bums on seats regardless yeah, of how good yeah. or it is. Yeah, I like seeing Adam Driver in this type of role, actually. I think he makes a good action hero. And I don't think we've seen him yet do that other than his Kylo Ren. Not really in this type of role before. So it was nice to see him in that. He's got three movies coming up. And one of them actually is Enzo Ferrari. So that'll be one to watch. He's got Penelope Cruz, Patrick Dempsey, Charlene Wood, who's from the Divergent Insurgent series. I never know which one it is, but uh, she's in that. Yeah, so he's, 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 he is hot property. He's, he's on that A-list now and i enjoyed it as well have you given a rating i i haven't but just to finish off before i do i i like adam driver one of the things mm. i like about him you're right i thought he pulled off this role quite well he plays so many varied characters like it, he seems quite an adventurous it's almost like he can turn his hand to anything i mean i haven't seen the last jewel which apparently was awful but there's very little i've seen him in you know what i mean that i didn't like so i, I think he's great i think i'm going to be generous Hmm. I'm going to give it seven and a half. That I, but that I think you know, for me, it's either a seven or it's a seven and a half. But I'm going to give it seven and a half because yeah, I just thought it was a solid film, like an hour and a half, perfect, and yeah, and just really watchable, really watchable. Yeah, I think the first time I saw him was in Girls. Actually, he he was a, a character in this this TV series called Girls. He he played completely. He's a bit more like um, he's a little bit like Keanu Reeves, isn't he? Don't you think? A little bit Keanu Reeves-y. They could yeah. be father and son in a, in a film, another film. There you go, writers and producers and directors. Put those two together. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. I would have probably liked to have seen a few more twists and turns, but I mean, know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like to say, I, I'm going to qualify my 7.5 saying it's generous because I think, I think seven's, Probably about right. <laughs> Stick me a seven point five. I, oh, I think it's a good okay. watch. I'm much better than uh, much better than Ant Man and the Wasp. Anyway, oh my god! Last yeah, absolutely. I'm getting very different opinions. Some people like that, though. I suppose it's a bit like everything, everywhere, all at once. We weren't uh, huge fans of that, really. But actually, I can see when we get these awards and nominations, you know, for like editing and sound and things like that. You know, yes, okay, and director chopping up that film and etc. as well. So anyway, let's move on to the new film that we're going to watch, shall we? Yep. So it is. It's the new Dungeons and Dragons film. Yeah, um, Honor Among Thieves. That's called. right. So it gives us a hint that it's going to be more than one Dungeons and Dragons there. No. I think. I think so. Well, let's hope. <laughs> right? My my hope is right that it's good enough to warrant the inevitable seat. You know what I mean? That it is actually good, and you want to see the next film as opposed yeah. to it's it's over. It's all right, and they're going to milk it. Well, they've got uh, great cast. I mean, they've got Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Hugh Grant, Daisy Head, less familiar with Daisy Head, uh, Reggie Jean Page, who you might have seen in the Brigerton series, uh, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis and Chloe Coleman. So, you know, there's some big names in that group. And do you know what? When I was younger and I wanted to write a film, I, I remember watching Dungeons and Dragons as a cartoon and I thought that would make a great film in real life. Did I write it? No, but I had the idea and somebody's done it now. So I'm a bit late in the game. I think so. But um, I always thought it would be a good one to do. There so you go. Th- 
Well, we've got a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. I've seen this trailer quite a lot now. Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm preparing myself for watching this type of film and going with it. I really hope, because clearly the humour is a big part of this, I'm really hoping that it, it works, you know, that, this, that it just all just works together. I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, by the way. So, I mean, that that whole thing is going to mean nothing to me. I see your thing basing it off, a t- is it off a uh, computer game then as well, Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, it was originally the, the kind the of board, board game, was game it? wasn't it? But there would have been, yeah. I'm sure there was been computer, uh, you know, been know. video games made as well. I just remember it being a really good cartoon series when I was younger in the 80s and 90s. I'd be interested to see what characters. I, I reckon they'll bring start bringing out the, all the old animation as well and start putting an animation together on the series as well. But let's see. You know, it's got four out of five in Empire, so they rate it quite well. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one. I think there's going to be an element of The Prince's Bride in this. That's my prediction. Potentially. Potentially. Think, Hopefully it... not too cheesy, though. No, but I, I think the humour might go that way, which is fine. <laughs> it's got, no, it's got no... Hugh Grant in it. It probably will. You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, old film. It's off my list. You have to pick a genre, monsieur. Okay. I'm going to go for drama. Drama. Got drama. Okay. I've got quite a lot of dramas. Ooh, 61 dramas. Hmm. 61. Okay. So the date today, Mother's Day. 19th of March, so it's going to have to be 19. 19, we have Lawless with Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, Guy Pearce, Jessica Chastain and Gary Oldman. Wow. In 2012. That's right. And I haven't seen this. And it is, it's one of those many films that I want to watch. So thank you. Right. So here we go. Set in Depression-era Franklin County, Virginia, a trio of bootlegging brothers are threatened by a new special deputy and other authorities angling for a cut of their profits. I'm afraid it's just a rental buy at the moment, but you can take a look on uh, your on-demand channels when you hear this, because it may be available for streaming at the time. But you can rent off most on-demand channels, but uh, also you've got Apple TV as well in there, Amazon, etc. So have a look. Look at the Sky Store or look at Amazon Primes, and they may have it on there at the moment. It was on Netflix for quite a while, but seems to come off briefly. This has got a great cast in it, hasn't it? I'm just looking Mm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one. Good stuff. You're good. So, so two cracking films there. Lots of adventure in the first one and a bit more sort of... Is it a Western? Would it be classed as a Western? Well, on, on IMDb, it's actually biography, crime and drama. So it's not down as a Western. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, maybe it's got, got shades of a Western in there. Mm, um, I have to remember whether it, this this made me cry or not. I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> so, jerker. It might be in places... Yeah, have, have a look, see see what you think. Right, well, it's Mother's Day. So are you, you, I mean, we're getting towards the end of Mother's Day. So have you been appropriately spoilt? The answer is yes. Ish. Yes, yes. My boy, I know my boys love me, so that's so that's good. One of them just I've brought you, lovely... one of you just brought you a... I know, cake, bought, a little... bought me a cut and I did eat it whilst you were talking. <laughs> You probably noticed I was whiffing it down. I was actually thinking. I just thought I was actually thinking. I'm going to cut this short and just throw to Sarah while she's. (laughs) I knew. I thought you might. I was wondering whether you you trick me there. 
Yes, very nice cupcake, nice flowers, nice presents. So, yeah, oh, been sported by the boys, yes. Good, so, good. So, thank you. Right, well, have a. I hope you're back to full health. Next Me too. Pod. You don't have to want to listen to bungled Sarah. <laughs> Bungle. I don't want to listen to Bungle. That would be very strange. <laughs> and on the podcast this week, Sarah's poorly, but we've got a guest presenter. It's Bungle! <laughs> Oh no, man, this cheese and houses, Rainbow Fest. And I'll be Zippy. I'll play Zippy. You made me oh, have yeah. a coffee fit there. Right. <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> sound like Frank Spencer. For it sounds like it too. You got a bit, you got a bit of Frank. Oh, Betty. Bungle's got a bit Frank Spencer. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Let's say goodbye. See my bungle wave. <laughs> What's that? Like they can't see the wave. <laughs> I know, but I'm waving at you. Oh, okay. I'll wave you back. Uh, bungle. George, uh, George, George taught like, didn't George was kind of any strange guys? Like, <laughs> We're going to have to watch a, a rainbow voice. now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Uh, <laughs>